Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Doable Discipleship. We so enjoy doing this. I am your co-host, Brandon Robinson, and joined today by- Jason. Oh, the, sorry, the Jason I didn't know, I didn't realize you were leading up to something, coming up with a cool adjective. No. Well, I was gonna put an adjective, but I couldn't think ahead, of the right it. adjective. <laughs> <laughs> the wondrous. We'll give you the time while sticking with The multifaceted wondrous. Multifaceted wondrous. There we go. I'll take that. Hey guys, how's it going? Good to be with you today. Brandon, how have you been? I've been pretty good. I am uh in the midst of moving. Um literally one street over this this weekend. (laughs) So my house right now is kind of or I should say my apartment right now is in a bunch of boxes, but making it work and excited to be here. One street but one extra bedroom. So you know, sometimes it makes all the difference. (laughs) It really does. What about you? Yeah, no, we're just doing our thing. So uh, no, everything's been everything's been going pretty good, and uh, we're about to dive into um, a timely topic. We did an episode a number of weeks ago um, in our "Is This Okay to Ask" series called "Is God a Republican or a Democrat?" and we got some feedback on that one that kind of made us think, hey, this may be good to dive into a little bit more into this. Yeah world of talking about about the church and politics and whatnot and whatnot so um first and foremost if you are looking for specific candidate advocacy or platform advocacy that's not what you're getting out of this this is not a how to vote podcast i know we made that very clear last time and we're making it clear very this time um (laughs) all we're um but we do want to talk about how we as Christians, uh, should approach thinking about politics. And this is a uh, particularly fun series for me, because I don't know if you know this, Brandon, but I actually got my first master's in political science. So Jason, you are, you're like an onion. There's another layer consistently. And keep peeling back these layers. Oh my uh, gosh. So- okay. I did not know that. So you're going to be writing the rest of our content and episodes <laughs> from here on out. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that probably wouldn't be good because my focus was <laughs> on international relations. But uh, um, I'm, you know, anytime we get to talk through this kind of stuff, I'm happy to do it. So the first thing, oh, Brandon. So why don't you set the table for us here? Yeah. So as you said, this is not going to be a podcast series in the podcast episode on breaking down the specifics and intricacies of parties and specific policy and what you should do and what you should not do. That's not what we're getting at. Um, We want to be very clear up front. Whatever your political leaning is, whether that's the left or right, whether you are going to the polls, you might have already voted by the time this comes out. Maybe you have already, you voted for Joe Biden. Maybe you have voted for President Trump. Or, or third-party candidate. Or third-party. Maybe you've written, written in who, I don't know, whatever you have done. We want to be very clear in saying this. Um, wherever you come from, wherever you find yourself politically, that you, with 100% certainty, have a home at Saddleback Church. I want to say that again. Wherever you find yourself lining up politically, whoever you have voted for, or maybe you are planning on voting for, you have a home at Saddleback Church. And I I just want to make sure that that is clear. Um, But as we get into this conversation around politics in the church, you know, it's a touchy subject because our politics, um, our political leanings, they're they're very close to home. Um, 
and are largely shaped by our families of origin. And what I mean by that is um, we typically do one of two things. Either we kind of accept and assimilate into what our family has taught us. You know, the, our families are our first really formative experience. So if, you're fam if you've grown up in a family that says, hey, this is how we view the world. This is how we view other people. This is how we view the way things work that shapes you. So we either A, accept that or B, um, at a certain point in our life, we begin to react strongly against that. Um, I say all that to say, it's close to home. We understand that, that our, our politics, where we find ourselves lining up, um, this is not like a conversation that we're talking about, hey, who's your favorite sports team? You know, we can disagree and have fun and banter back and forth about sports all day long, right? That's completely different when it gets to politics. It, it can get nasty as we see on social media, whether that's Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is. Um, but as we get into it, Jason, kind of walk us through what are four common postures that we have towards politics? How do we even enter into this space? Yeah, so um, there are pretty much four common postures right now that, that you probably fall into one of these as it relates to politics, right? Um, I think I think the one that most people think about right now is this idea of all or nothing. It's it's this yeah. you know mindset of like my side is the right side. It, it is the correct side to be on, and we must win and defeat the other side um, at all costs. And there can you know it, it it becomes this us versus them mentality. It becomes this good guy, bad guy mentality. And I think a lot of people probably think at least that that is where the majority of people land right now. And I don't know if that's necessarily true just because this yeah. side is probably more vocal than every other um, It's certainly um, the loudest. We see it yeah. the most on social media. Yeah, and well, yeah, and you see it the most on on the news, um, and you see it the most on the streets. You know, yeah. you see it the most, you know, it, as you're walking around your neighborhood and see people's flags or whatever. It's um, the loudest stance for sure. Yeah, it's it's the loudest stance. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily the most populous stance, although right. that term, a polarization, has definitely come more into the focal point because we are more polarized than we had previously been um, even just two decades ago. But um, so that's the, that's one posture that's pretty common right now, all or nothing. My side is the right side. We have to win. We have to beat the other side at, at all costs. Another common posture, and this may be where you're at right now, is uh, escapism, right? It's just this you know, politics, uh, that's, that, that, that's, that's stupid. Uh, I don't want to participate, so I'm just not going to engage at all. Um, election day means nothing to me. I'm going to turn off anything that talks about it and just, you know, whatever. And maybe that's where you're at. And, um, and sometimes you could, you know, like, be interested in engaging in politics, but you get so turned off by um the rhetoric or the constant discussion or the way that people are talking about it and you just and you just say nope i'm shutting down this is too much for me i yeah. I, I don't care um well it, which is another common posture 
which is overwhelmed, right? It's it's too much. I'm confused. I'm intimidated. You know, especially with with social media and the 24 hour news cycle, it can be seen as too much. There can just be see just constant. Yeah, no, barrage. that's legitimate. Sometimes it is too much. Yeah, that's it true. is, and you know, it, and especially if all you're seeing is the negativity, then you just hit this constant barrage of negativity. Then you just go, you know. Oh, I, I'm just gonna, you know, I, I, I'm just gonna focus on sports <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and then there's another common posture. Um, so we've had all or nothing. We've had escapism. We've had overwhelmed. And then there's indifference, which is just kind of like, hey, uh, I'm doing fine. Like my family and I are fine. Uh, I'm not concerned about what happens. We'll be fine. You know, I'm. It's so. That's for other people, and that's totally fine, kind of thing. So you probably, as you're listening to this, you probably fall into one of these four categories. Either you're staunchly on one side, and you're a very vocal advocate of in saying this is the most important thing there is in the world is getting my side uh, in positions of power. Uh, there is the escapism. I, I, you know, I'm just going to pretend like none of this exists. There's uh, indifference which is just, um, you know, I, I don't really care what happens. It's, uh, I'm, I'm fine. It's all good. And then there's overwhelmed, which is just, you know, I'm actively choosing to not engage because, uh, I can't, I can't handle it right now. It's just become too much. And that's kind of where you're at. So maybe take a minute and just kind of think about, um, where you would say you fall into one of these postures. Yeah, you know, and honestly, in most of the conversations that I've had, at least, it feels like people are, in particular, this cycle are navigate or or, or finding themselves in that overwhelmed category of like, it's, it's so much, I'm confused. There's so many different viewpoints, there's so many different talking points. It's a little bit intimidating. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to believe. It's difficult. And I, I've, I found in, this is through conversation that people are there. So this is kind of four postures that we can typically engage with politics. But I want to kind of shift the conversation now towards how could we engage with politics. You know, I think there's a pressure to kind of slide into, it's either uh, the all or nothing, like get in on a side, dig in, and either A, they assimilate to your side, or B, you defeat them, you vanquish them, like get them out of your way. Or what we talked about with being overwhelmed, it's too much, I can't handle it. Um, but I want to talk about what could it look like? How could we engage, especially with this coming out, being on the 27th, We maybe if you've already voted, um, but November 3rd is coming. Uh, so I want to talk about engaging with humility um, and prayerfully. And this looks like, hey, I don't know everything. I hear a lot of things. There are a lot of talking points, but I don't understand the nuances of every situation. I can't know everything. I don't know everything. So this says, God, help me to hear you and your people to discern what to do, to discern what to think, to discern how to approach said situation. Um, and I, I want to call attention to one, like in prayer, God, praying for wisdom. God, help me. 
I feel confused or I feel intimidated or I feel myself leaning to like, this is my side and I need to defeat people. God, help me hear you. Um, but also I want to focus on that community piece and just ask this question. Do you have any meaningful relationships with people on the other side? Now I'm not talking about, we also have Thanksgiving coming up, right? So I'm not, I'm not talking about who are, who, who are your opponents in your family or your opponents that you have access to that you can talk to. But I mean, people that you love or people that you know love you. Do you have any meaningful, loving relationship with someone on the quote unquote other side that sees things different from you? Does that spark any curiosity in you to say, hey, I know this person loves me or I can even see how this person is pretty rational in their thinking. I wonder what got them to that place. I wonder how they landed there at this particular topic or I wonder how they landed at this stance. Um, I think that's really important because it's easy on social media to go back and forth with somebody that you don't really know or someone like that you went to high school with or played a sport. You know what I mean? Like you're not really in relationship with them. You just know them and it's easy to go back and forth or it's easy to see someone on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram say something that you don't like and go, that's dumb. Idiots. Well, it's super I don't know easy. what they're talking about. Yeah, it's super easy to make assumptions. Uh, it's easy. You know, yeah. And it's so common right now to make assumptions about another person just by by who they are voting for, right? So, so yeah, and, and, and right now it's so easy, you know, you can see a, a, a bumper sticker on somebody's car and think that you know everything yeah. that that person thinks. And Immediately it's, it's easy to fall profile. into that trap, but it is a trap. It is a trap. It, it absolutely is a trap, which is why it's so important to have a real meaningful, loving relationship with someone that you don't agree on, but you can agree on love. There's a quote by uh, Dr. Bill Dogtrum. He's a professor down here in Southern California at Vanguard University and has been kind of a teaching pastor, associate pastor at different churches in the area. And he said this, he said, if my position prohibits me from seeing the good in another's position and only in and only seeing the wrong, I'm likely at least half blind. The same is true, of course, if I'm unable to see the faults in my own position. That alone may be good reason to have a friend or somebody in the family with whom I can disagree and who, and who I can and who can walk with me into greater awareness, letting love rather than agreement be the foundation of our conversation. If I have no friends or family with whom I can disagree agreeably, I'm not only blind, I'm impoverished at the deepest level. I read that and went, that is it. There is something profound and incredibly wise about that. If my pro position prohibits me from seeing the good in another's position or seeing any wrong in my position, I'm at least likely half blind. Um, and I thought that was a great point with cultivating meaningful relationships. Are we cultivating these type of relationships? Or are we living in echo chambers, not just online, but in our tangible, real-time, real lives. Yeah, and and especially right now, if you do find yourself in an echo chamber, and, and basically, if you're not familiar with the term, all that means is, is the only conversation that you are hearing is from people who are on your, on your side or who... Um, who hold your same positions. So um, it's easy right now to start to think about the, you know, quote unquote, other side, if you will, in terms of 
all of the things that you don't like about what they think, right? So, and then it be, and then you start painting these pictures of, you know, this bad people. You know, I think that's kind of a, a common, unfortunate labeling right now. Is a lot of times, Democrats will paint Republicans as bad guys, and Republicans will paint Democrats as as bad guys, and that's just not only is it unhelpful. But it's also unchristian to think in those terms. So, so yes, as you, I, I think the quote that you uh, that you said from from Bill was was great. It's about trying to get a broader understanding, a broader picture. Is you should be able to talk with somebody who doesn't agree with you, and not just in terms of politics, but in terms of other things too. You should be able to talk with people of other religions. You should be able to talk with people of other cultures. You should be able to talk with people of other socioeconomic status. And even though you may disagree about some things, it doesn't mean that you can't have a conversation and at least understand the perspective of somebody else. And without turning them into a boogeyman who's coming to get you and everybody you love and people like you. <laughs> exactly. We uh, When we were doing our... Um, race in the gospel series yeah when we had had anthony miller on one thing he kept saying which was great was that um a proximity breeds empathy and so the more time that you spend with somebody and even just talking with them even when you're having a conversation where you disagree but if you're having a civil conversation you're spending the time with them and um and you are inputting into the relationship, then, um, as you said, they become less of a boogeyman and you may just, you know, be able to like the person and still love the person, but disagree on the how of politics. Right. Um, right. And I, I think, I think we've almost come to this place right now where so many people just assume the other side is acting in bad faith, right? Mm-hmm. And there's just this, you know, it's this common attack almost of assuming the other side is either just in it for power or just in it for, you know, certain people or, or, or whatever it is. And there's not an under, underlying foundational assumption that they that the other side wants to help people, they just have a different approach of what they think is the proper method of helping people. So I don't know. Personally, I always try to go in with the approach of, okay, I'm I'm not going to assume the other side is acting in bad faith or people who think different than me are acting in bad faith. Instead, I'll try to understand why you think these positions or policies or, or whatnot will help as opposed to what I may be thinking. And, and you can go from there. But again, I'm a political science nerd. So that's just how I would approach things. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about how engaging prayerfully and humbly, two very key things. Be thinking in terms of your politics with prayer. Bring God into your thinking. Ask him to help you with wisdom and discernment as you are navigating through your choices on the ballot or through how you engage or through your conversations and approach it humbly. Don't assume that you are right in everything because some cases there isn't a right or wrong. It's a let's try this 
instead of that, or I think this might be better than that. It's not always right or wrong. Um, a third thing that we want to mention, besides prayerfully and humbly, is engage in neighborly love. In neighborly love. Great commandment. We've talked about it a few times on this podcast. It right. says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus gives a whole ton of examples and teachings about why it is so important to love others, to love your neighbor. So it's kind of a question as you're thinking through your politics is, am I thinking through what's best for me or am I thinking through what's best for everybody or others or whatnot? And there's a very fascinating poll that Lifeway just conducted. And one of the questions on it said, who do you hope your vote benefits most? And of course the caveat being among registered voters in the US, with evangelical beliefs. This was a poll of registered American voters uh, who hold evangelical beliefs. So the question, who do you hope your vote benefits most? Uh, I found this fascinating. 41% of those who responded said, I hope my vote benefits people nationwide who are like me. I found that fascinating, 41% said people nationwide who are like me. 20% uh, of people responded, me and my family. 15% said people our country has failed. 9% said people nationwide who are different from me. 8% said people in my community or region. And 7% said not sure. But I think it's, it's very fascinating and very telling that out of all this, 61% said people who are like me or me and my family, right? So that's a very, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's very telling in terms of how people think about politics is, is especially right now, it's, it's thinking through, okay, how, what are the policies, platforms, or people that will be best suited to help me or people like me. I, I think we thought that that was just very important to make note of, especially if we're thinking about this in terms of neighborly love and caring for others, which yeah. as a Christian we're called to do. That's it just, uh, it's, it's interesting to note that, that the majority of people uh, are hoping that their politics most benefits them or people like them. It's something to sit with God in prayer about for sure. Um, yeah. However, you may see yourself slotting in um, into this poll, but thinking about the great commandment, Jesus's words, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. How does that, coupled with the incredible civic power that we've been given as American citizens to vote, how do those two things uh, play together? Um, how do we use the power, the authority, the freedom that we have? To what end are we using it? And that's something uh, that we would encourage you to to sit and think about, and to sit in prayer with God and think and think through that. Of what does that look like for you? Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Um, and then another point that we wanted to add. So we talked about engaging prayerfully and humbly. We talked about engaging in neighborly love, and then we want to mention engaging as a people belonging to a transcendent kingdom. Now we talked about this mm-hmm. a lot 
in our Is God a Republic or Democrat episode, but it's important to hit at again. Um, is talking about that we as Christians are citizens of the kingdom of God. The moment you give your life to Christ, you are now a citizen of the kingdom of God. You are a, an ambassador for the kingdom of God. So our values, the way that we see the world is different. It's inherently different than um, people who are, are not believers because they are still citizens of the world. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. So we need to think and process and behave and act differently in, in according to that. And mm-hmm. there's a truth to that, which is that uh, as as such, we will look silly because, <laughs> because we will be thinking differently, right? And that is our job. There are many, many other people in this world in this, and in this country who think in terms of power, in terms of earthly power, in terms of who has control, and then in terms of how do me, how do I or people who are like me get more power? That's not what the Christian thinks about. Yeah. There are people who think more in terms of politics being the end goal, that it is the ultimate arbiter of will. And that's not what the Christian thinks about. So inherently, we think differently. And it might look silly. And we may have conversations with other people and they just don't understand. And that's fine. Guess what? That's okay. (laughs) It is. It is okay. And it should be expected. You know, it reminds me, I remember this, this is just, time is moving so fast. This might be like a month ago now or a few weeks ago. I can't, I can't remember um, when President Trump got COVID. Um, and yeah, I remember like two seeing, weeks ago or three weeks ago. That two or three weeks ago, yeah. There were a few people um, online that were pretty upset with like different pastors and things that I, that I follow that I saw who, who have been pretty consistently outspoken against president Trump, but upon seeing that said that they're praying for him and praying for his healing. Um, and on the surface, it looks incongruous. Like, wait a second. I thought, how does that work? Because didn't before, weren't you against, but now it seems like you're for, but then you're existing in this a little bit of a gray area. Um, so I found that fascinating. So I did a little digging. I clicked and just wanted to look through and read through the comments. Like, how is this being perceived? How, what are people saying about this? And there's some people are like, this is great. Thank you so much. Great example. Some people are like, how could you? I thought you were different. <laughs> I thought you were standing up against the president. I thought all these different things, right? Um, but it made me think it feels thoroughly Christian to yeah. pray for someone's healing, to pray for somebody's well-being. It reminds me, I want to say, it might be Jeremiah, but the prophet is saying to uh, the Israelites who are in exile in, in Babylon, um, like seek the welfare of your city because in it you'll find your own welfare, which it, it just felt very consistent with a Christian ethic that w- what we've seen modeled throughout the centuries, being able to speak openly and honestly, but also praying for healing, praying for restoration. Uh, that felt right. But on the surface, yeah, it looks silly. It looks like you're a confused person. What do you think? Where do you line up? Pick a side, man. But that's not, that's not what we see. No. And um, it's important to, to note here that being a part 
of of the kingdom of God and a citizen of the kingdom of God also means that no matter what, we should be living out the values of the kingdom of God. So no matter what is going on in the conversation that others are having, or no matter the language or whatever that other peoples are using, or the political tactics that other people may be uh, trotting out, that does not give you permission to behave any differently than as a member of the kingdom of God. So we are called to be salt and light. We are called to be kind and humble. We are called to be exhibitors of peace and be peacemakers. We, um, we are, are called to live in love and to shine the light as ambassadors for God. So yes, that may look silly and that may be different than what other people are doing, but that's okay. It does not give you permission to belittle anybody. It does not give you permission to denigrate anybody. It does not give you permission to speak down to people or to um, lambast people. Uh, But what it does is it gives you permission to still have conversations and still use your voice in a kingdom-minded way. We just want to make sure that we're we're hitting that because yeah. that's because it's so it's 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 uncommon in the world right now, and that's that's the point. <laughs> yeah, it, it is going to be uncommon, but I think it's it's in that that we are we find ourselves being a gift to the world, right? Yeah. And we think about ourselves as people of God's kingdom. Um, we read like what Paul writes in Second Corinthians five that we're people of a new creation, um, that that we are going first, a people of God's kingdom or citizens of heaven. Um, it is we are going to look different, and we are going to. But it gives us the opportunity to live with hope in a world that doesn't make sense to the world. And because of this, we're not necessarily going to fit neatly and cleanly into any political party or system, but there's always going to be a pressure, right? Jason There's always going to be a pressure to pick a side, declare yourself, like dig in, buckle up and get ready to do battle. Um, But we as a church, as an offering to the world, as a gift to the world, that we have an opportunity to offer those who are stuck or who feel that inner tension of like, I I don't know. Um, I feel myself being pulled this way, but I, I don't, I'm not necessarily fully comfortable with this, that we can offer a third way um, because our culture provides us a very narrow lens of through which to see the world. You have, <laughs> it's like a binocular, right? You can look through, which one? Are you looking to the left or are you looking to the right? Um, but there, the church is something altogether entirely different in a third way that we can offer that said, we understand that <laughs> this is the pressure. We understand that you, you, you're gonna want uh, to see things through a, pr- a pretty narrow lens, yeah. one of two ways. However, um, can we show you a different way? Can we paint a different picture? Can we show you a more beautiful, uh, a better way forward, a better picture, um, what life in the kingdom looks like? Yeah, I just want to add to that because it's yeah, so good, please. is that we need to remember that as Christians and as the church, we do not... Um, export our responsibilities onto the government. 
it is not the it is there are responsibilities given to the church to act in such a way we are called to live in such a way and we, we are called to care for others we are called to care for the sick and care for the needy um we are called to you know everything that i just said a minute ago but in terms of action now is what is what i want to talk about so no matter who is in office no matter what policies they choose to enact or rescind the church should still be the church is the mm-hmm. church can still be the church i think sometimes there is confusion or even a reluctance amongst the church in saying oh you know what i'm just going to let the government do that or why doesn't the government just create a policy to do that or, or, or whatnot? And sometimes the church gives away its mandate to the government, and that's not okay. It is, yeah. it is, it is the role no matter what the government and, – and, and that's why as Christians we can live uh, with this hope and with this kingdom mindset because we ultimately know that whomever is in the White House it doesn't it, – it doesn't – it doesn't change the call of the church. It doesn't change what God has commanded the church to do. And so we will still be doing that um, no matter how election day goes. Right. You know, Um, yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. You know, I think we can only see from our specific vantage point, like we're all tied to a specific social location and context. And I'm not saying that, I don't think that's necessarily even a bad thing, but when you think about it, like the church has been called to be the church and has existed as a church through, throughout centuries, centuries on centuries on centuries under good leaders, under bad leaders, under good governments, under bad governments, under all different types of regimes and you, you name it. And we're still here. And the church is still going and the church is still caring for the poor. The church is still protecting the sanctity of life. The church is still operating and acting in love and kindness in their community. Um, the church is still the church and yeah. whoever is in office or whoever is in power over us, whether you agree with that or don't, whether you voted for that person or didn't, that doesn't mean that we can abdicate our responsibilities until things are more favorable I think abdicate is the word I was struggling for earlier. That's a great, yes. Agreed. Uh, Totally agree. And then um, I had another point I wanted to make. Um, Where is it? Is it coming? Uh, Can't recall right now, but it's okay. (laughs) It'll come to you. It'll come to you. Don't worry. Like, but to do this well, right? To, To be a people of a different kingdom, to be a people of a transcendent kingdom, to offer a different way forward, a third way forward. We have to look at our allegiances and our commitments. Um, And it's not wrong to have allegiances or commitments, but the question we need to be asking ourselves is, do these ultimately, do these things submit to Jesus? Yeah. Am I seeing Jesus through the lens of my politics or am I seeing my politics through the lens of Jesus, of God? Um, There's a a quote by a pastor out of, Colorado Springs named Daniel Grothy. He said, he said, too many of us have placed our ultimate hope in temporary kingdoms. And I thought that was really profound and beautiful. Placing our ultimate hope in temporary things, in temporary kingdoms, um, in temporary systems, in kingdoms that promise to deliver something that ultimately they cannot, that only Jesus and the church 
can deliver. So we do have an opportunity. Um, we can offer a way forward, but we need to constantly, and this is why community is so important because we need someone that can hold a mirror every now and then and say, hey, what do you see? In love, this is what I'm seeing. Um, that can straighten us out, that can act as guardrails for us, that can spur us on, that can encourage us, that can um, restore us if need be. But we have to constantly be putting those things, bringing them to the God in prayer and in a community and submitting ultimately these commitments and allegiances to Jesus. Yeah, no, I I agree completely. So, so in any sort of election, it's really it's 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 I I, I think one of the key things is we keep that I want to keep hitting on is bring it to God in prayer. Pray about the policy positions of the candidates or the parties. Pray about the character of the candidates and the parties. Pray about the leadership. Pray about um, all of the situations that that are surrounding each candidate, and then talk with God about it and just say, you know, God. I find myself leaning one way because of this, 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 but I, I want to leave that door open to you right now. Do I have blind spots that I'm not seeing? Do I have blind spots that I'm not seeing? Is there something that, I, that I'm missing? Help me to understand this. And also don't forget that the vast majority of politics that actually affects you is your local politics. So yeah. a lot of our conversation right now is just talking about like the big general elections, because that's what most people have on their mind. But keep in mind that most politics that affects the individual happens at the local and state level. So don't forget to also be praying for in these ways about your local elections, whether it's your city council or mayor, or in some states, it could be your governor or state senator right now. And then there's also the propositions and whatnot, and at least in California, other states have yeah. different have different means. But um, so all of this is 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 something that should be taken um, with everything that we've just said, humbly in prayer, with neighborly love, and as people belonging to a transcendent kingdom. Um, so just yeah, I I I, I want to just stress that. And then uh, for this week. We have a great, easy doable for you. This episode goes out on the 27th is when you may be listening to this if it, you know, if it releases. A week from today is election day yep. um, on, no, on November 3rd. So just make sure to vote. Vote. If you can, do it. Vote. And go over your ballot in prayer Talk with your spouse or significant other or whatever about it and talk with somebody who you know may think a little differently than you and talk through those blind spots. And just remember to do it in a Christ-like manner. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's so weird and it feels, it feels like it's a weird thing to talk about politics on a podcast called doable discipleship but it's actually a great arena especially right now in, in the year yeah. 2020 to talk about how a disciple can engage politically so yeah so we just wanted to make sure we hit, and just don't forget in next week's episode we'll be talking about this too but try not to stress right now you know it can be maybe you're somebody who is incredibly stressed by this election coming up 
talk with God about it. Rest in it. In fact, I encourage you in the show notes, we'll put this episode of The Well that released a couple of weeks ago, which is just a great time with God in, in the midst of this political season. Um, it's just remembering who God is. Yeah. In remembering who we are and remembering that God is in control and that no matter what the election is, it's not a surprise to him and it doesn't change his plans. Um, so that's just a, a little encouragement. And we will be back next week with an election day episode. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, any final things you want to say today, Brandon? No, you know, I think we I think we hit it. Excited for next week and continue on in this conversation of how we can be approaching and viewing it. That sounds great. Um, friends, we love you. We're praying for you and with you in this. Brandon has his ballot right now that he's about to go turn in. <laughs> uh, um, I turned mine in already. Um, so so go and vote. You may or may not get your sticker depending on how you do it. But uh, do it. Go do it. And uh, we will be back next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com send us your thoughts send us your questions your bible questions your life questions whatever who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode thanks again for tuning in to doable discipleship i'm jason whelan and i hope you'll join us again next week